You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to this episode of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and this is podcast episode number 1105. If you're a professional service provider or consultant, you understand the unknown challenges of sharing your skills and expertise with those with whom need them. Tom McMakin, author of How Clients Buy, a a practical guide to business development for consulting and professional services, offers a survival guide for every service professional with proven strategies in his book. Tom, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. Richard, thanks so much for having me on. Well, let's get right into it. You know, with today's staggering global growth rate, I mean, it's a global recovery. The competition for clients is fiercer than ever. How can the proper guidance and strategies help professional service industry and professional service professionals to expand their book of business? You know, I think the first thing to to understand, Richard, is that services, expert services like law or financial consulting or HR consulting or strategy consulting, they're sold very differently than products. They're, They're sold on referral and reputation and relationships. And so the trick becomes how do you proactively create those relationships. The standard marketing advice is, and it's good advice, is to niche your business. Pick something that you can be number one at and begin to bring together a cohort of uh, people that you can most serve. I think the challenge in this environment is that our niches are growing narrower, but they're growing more global. And so whereas our parents maybe met their potential clients at the country club, there's no country club we can all join that serves the globe. And so how do you address that phenomenon and that reality? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the proven strategies in the book is to identify the list of 200 people that you can most serve, the exact function in the exact company. In this age of technology, we're empowered to broadcast our message across um, broad swaths of humanity. But uh, actually, the secret is to uh, narrow cast to exactly the 200 people that you feel like you could really benefit. And you, you do that by building on where you've seen success before. If you've had a cybersecurity uh, gig with a major law firm in Minneapolis, um, maybe your 200 are the chief information officers of mid-sized law firms in secondary cities across the United States. And, and one of the secrets to getting in front of them is not to cold call, but to add value to them in advance of the sale. Um, you can do that lots of ways. On, on some, to some level, you know, you're doing that right now, Richard. You're, you're adding value to people that could potentially invite you to speak, for example, or buy one of your books by offering them something of value in the form of this interview for free um, before you ever ask for the sale. So, so um, you advocate, you know, the con- I'm sorry, but you advocate the concept of paying it forward then, it sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I, I think I, I believe in the karmic right. view of business, which is that you, you put it out there and uh, you show the love and you have no idea how it's going to come back to you. But oftentimes it does. You know, you've written a book and I, I've written, this is my second book. It's amazing uh, what, what comes back to you in the form of a book. You send the book out to people and, uh, and they beat a path to your door because on some level you're, you're putting a, 
a, a, a flag in the sand and you're saying, this is what I really care about. I don't care about sales generally. I care about how professional services for firms uh, build practices with the people they can most help. And then that's attractive to the people that you're interested in meeting. So um, we're talking with Tom McMakin. We're talking about his book, his second book, How Clients Buy, A Practical Guide to Business Development for Consulting and Professional Services. What was the inspiration, Tom, for you to take the time and write this book? Well, I mean, I, I run a business myself, and we, um, we execute on one of the strategies that we recommend in the book. But I was really interested in how other um, people grow their business when they're selling expert services. So I began to interview rainmakers across a, a spectrum of large consulting and professional services firms. And what I found was a real pattern in what they were saying. Mm. Um, and uh, I thought, you know, this, this could be useful um, to other people that are sort of fellow travelers, if you will, along this same path. So that, I love it when someone makes the effort, takes the time, conducts research, finds patterns, and then documents them for the rest of us who don't have the time or the energy or the ability to do that. We can learn vicariously through the stories that you're telling in your book and how you've written your book. So can you share from your research, how can service professionals find and connect and then build lasting relationships with clients, which sounds like from your earlier answer to my question, you know, referrals, it's a fundamental bedrock for how service providers grow and maintain a healthy book of business. You know, a very specific tip that anyone can do is when you build your list of 200, people that you are interested in helping, that have the position to pull the trigger on your services and the kind of firms that you've helped before, it's very difficult when you cold call on them to get them to respond to you because you're asking for something. But if you call them up and you say, you know what, I am keenly interested in serving uh, law firms around cybersecurity, and so I'm going to convene an hour-long uh, peer group that's going to meet by phone, and I'm going to interview everybody beforehand um, in, a, in an effort to make sure that the agenda reflects your particular interests. And then you, you host a free conference call.com and you have people dial in. They're, they trust each other um, as people that have the exact same function and responsibilities as each other, more than they, they trust you, your, your particular expertise. But a funny thing happens. When you convene the group, you, you become a trusted advisor to the group. One of the things we learned by, by interviewing Rainmakers was that uh, this is not software where you call someone up and you sell or you don't. It's not binary. You create a cohort of people that you're interested in serving, and then you stay in touch with them forever. Because it's six years down the line when your potential customer had no idea they needed your help, that they wake up one day and go, oh, my goodness, my boss said we need to worry about cybersecurity. Who should I call? I'll call Tom. Mm -hmm. He's uh, he's a person that underwrites and manages that peer group of cybersecurity professionals. I bet he'll know a good answer. So that's a solid tip. Convene a peer group of the people you most want to serve. I love it. And we're about to take a break. My engineer's telling me we're close to our first and only break here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. But I want to ask you something. What's the magic of the number 200? You've said it several times so far in this interview. You know, I've heard it uh, expressed everything from 100 to 500, but it, it's somewhat arbitrary. I think the point is it's not 10,000. Mm. Um, the, the chances are if you have an expert services business, if you got 10 new clients, all of whom were half a million dollar clients apiece, that that would change your life. And so I think that the wider point is not to 
is not to overstretch. Don't have your prospect list uh, sort of number in the thousands or the ten thousands. It's in the hundreds. I talked to the CEO of McKinsey. His list, you know, one of the largest and best known consulting firms in the world, his list is 500. So very clearly understanding who could best use your products and services and focus your marketing against that database and maintain it. You know, I've always said in business, I'm a service provider, right? You need to do things consistently and you you need to do your business development things well. If you do them consistently well over time, you get the reward. The problem that I see is many times people either don't do some of the activities that or the business development well, or they don't do them consistently. So if, you, if you're not firing on both cylinders, the chances that your, your money that you've spent and the time that you've put into it is greatly diminished. Exactly. You need to be proximate to the opportunity when it presents itself. And it doesn't always present itself when you have the energy to reach out <laughs> to potential customers. Right. Uh, right. They can happen at different times, so you have to stay in touch. Awesome. All right. Tom McMakin. We're going to take our first and only break here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I'd like, when we come back, if we could spend some time talking about the proven strategies and techniques for generating leads and connecting with clients. Are you up for that conversation? Yeah, you bet. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you don't want to go anywhere because we're getting to more of the meat of the book. How Clients Buy with author Tom McMakin after this word from me. Best-selling author Richard Franzi's written what Marshall Goldsmith has called an incredibly poignant foray into the realm of unintended consequences of executives' decisions. In Killing Cats Leads to Rats, Mitigating the Unintended Consequences of Business Decisions, Richard Franzi takes a close look at the impact of unintended consequences on business performance and employee engagement. Through the retelling of the experiences of executives at Pepsi, Wells Fargo, Kodak, Volkswagen, and many others, Richard paints a compelling real-world account for how executives leading firms of all sizes must do a better job of anticipating and controlling the outcomes of their strategic business decisions. Killing Cats Leads to Rats is available through major bookstores in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook formats. To learn more, visit www.richardfranzi.com. Told you it'd be fast. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi. All of our shows can be heard anytime on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, several hundred former guest websites. Uh, so, you know, since we started doing the show in 2009, we've reached hundreds of thousands of listeners through the live stream here on octalkradio.net, podcasts, and other platforms like YouTube. You know, simply type in Critical Mass Radio Show into your favorite podcasting software. You'll be able to find our weekly guests. We, today we're talking with Tom McMakin. He is guest number 1,417 here on Critical Mass Radio Show. Before the break, Tom, I said we're going to share, I'd ask you to share some of the proven strategies and techniques in your book for generating leads and connecting with clients. Could you take us through that conversation, please? Yeah, you bet. The thing about services is that they are built on on trust. People don't buy services from people that they don't trust. And that's for a very particular reason. They're what are known in, in economics as a credence good. That is to say that the person that you hire to be an expert both diagnoses the problem that you have and fixes it. So think of a doctor. A doctor diagnoses your problem and fixes it. And that gives them extraordinary 
uh, power. A mechanic sells credence goods too. They can uh, they can tell you that you need a new valve job or you need to use high test gasoline. Radically different uh, costs associated with those different answers. And uh, unlike a, a, a product where you don't have to necessarily trust the intentions of the person that made them. For that reason, trust is 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 super important when selling expert services. So the question is, what is trust and how do you how do you sort of push that rope? Well, it turns out there are two different kinds of trust. There's the trust that you will get the job done excellently. We call that respect, actually respect for your past work. And so tactically, the way in which you communicate that is through endorsements from past clients and from case studies that walk people through um, the fact that when given a similar assignment, protecting a law firm from cyber threat, you've been enormously uh, effective at that. It's the second trust that caused people to really uh, try and it, it, it really bedevils people as they try and figure out how to how to build this trust with potential clients. And that's the trust that the expert service provider has your best interests at heart. Mm. That when you're not looking, when their head is under the hood and they're looking at the engine, they're not gonna they're not gonna pull one over on you. And you know, I think historically, um, that kind of trust has been uh, built through a working with people or um, uh, proxies. You're one degree separated from the lawyer that uh, your friend recommended to you to write the wills for your parents. But there are other ways in which you can build trust more proactively, and that is to do pro bono work. Uh, that demonstrates uh, for potential customers the work that you could do. Again, if you establish a peer group over time, time is proven to build trust between individuals. Lots of people use the kind of, there are proxies for trust, like, oh, I see you grew up in uh, rural Minnesota, so did I too. Do are you a fan of the Gophers? Mm-hmm. Um, or you went to a similar college, or you know somebody in common. These are all ways in which individuals are trying to sort of build that second kind of trust with potential clients. Yeah, trust is is key because people are actually going on an act of faith when they're buying a service because, you know, it's not like a product. And so I, I completely understand what you're talking about. And, you know, in Stephen Covey's book, The Speed of Trust, he sort of talks about the two elements of trust. And one of them is competency and the other one is, is character. And people are always assessing those two to make sure that you're kind of in line with with their goals and, and their values as well. Uh, what are the seven elements, kind of the framework that you include in your book? And could you maybe touch on some of them here for our audience today on Critical Mass Radio yeah, Show? You bet. So um, the first thing we did is, is say, let's not ask what you should do to sell, but let's ask rather, how do people buy? And that's the name of the book, How Clients Buy. What journey do they go through? What are the steps that they have to meet? And then how can we support them as they go through that buyer's journey? And so the seven elements are, the first thing I have to do in order to buy from you is to have heard of you before. I have to be aware of you. And the second thing is I have to understand clearly what it is that you could do for me, what service you provide, what problem you can solve. The, The third thing is it has to be interesting to me. That is to say it has to be relevant to my agenda. I'm glad that you are the world's foremost cybersecurity expert and you help firms like mine protect ourselves. But actually we just hired a consultant last year to do exactly the same thing. So um, I'm not not actually that interested in what you're doing. 
The third thing is I have to respect your past work. I have to feel like you can get the job done, what we're just talking about, and uh, that I trust that you have my best interest at heart, that that when you're in there under the hood diagnosing the problem, um, you, you you won't recommend a valve job when high-test gasoline would do. Um, and, and six, you have to be able to pull the trigger. You have to have the resources, you have to have the authority uh, inside of your organization to be able to sort of pull the trigger. And that's often a lot more difficult than you think because increasingly companies are led by teams. So you pitch one person, um, but they really, even if they're the boss, they need, to, they need to build consensus amongst their team before they pull the trigger. And then finally, they have to be ready. Um, and being able and being ready are very different things. We all know what it's like when the new CEO comes and everyone uh, holds their breath for six months and no one's making any uh, big, bold commitments of cash to consultants until the new CEO tells everybody what the new direction is. So that would be a case where somebody was not particularly ready to pull the trigger. And that's where it's so important to stay in touch quarterly with people so that when opportunity does manifest itself, you're there. You're the easy, quick call. I should call Richard. Yeah, Richard's it, the smartest guy I know on this. It's tough to stay top of mind, but if I tie that concept of staying top of mind with an earlier conversation we had about delivering value and creating mm-hmm. trust, that, that should help guide the activities that a service provider should be doing to stay in touch, which is paying it forward, delivering information. You talked about leading a peer group. There are things that you can do that aren't necessarily solely to stay top of mind, but delivering value while you're in that process sounds like the kind exactly. of magic I mean, formula. The test I always ask myself is, is, it, is, is this in my interest <laughs> or is this in the potential client's interest? Just pestering them with, hey, remember me, <laughs> is in my interest, but it doesn't particularly add value to a busy person. In fact, it's spam. Right. Um, but if I can genuinely add value in the form of an interview of somebody, um, a book review that I, on a book that I think would be enormously useful to someone, um, sending somebody a book. This is one-to-one marketing. There are only 200 people on your list that can rock your world. So adding value to each one of those 200 is your job over time. So uh, maybe the final, next to the final question, because my engineer is telling me we're about on the clock out of time. What advice would you give to someone in our audience who believes they have a book in them, they want to write a book, you've done it twice, about how to successfully write and get your book published? Yeah, I mean, you're an expert at this as well, but I mean, uh, I think there are two kinds of books, fiction books and nonfiction books. So we're talking about nonfiction books. The great thing about nonfiction books is that you can write a proposal of the book and uh, and you can sell the proposal before you actually write it, which was helpful to me. Like someone paying me in advance uh, served to motivate me to like lock myself up in a coffee shop and actually get the writing done. Sure. Unlike the fiction book where you need to write it first before you sell it. Um, so you can write an outline. Increasingly agents and, and uh, publishing houses, this book was published by Wiley, are looking for a platform, a pre-existing group of people that you already know and that you already serve and that you're known to because they, they see that as a niche market um, to which you can sell. I think the days in which uh, publicity and advertising drove bestsellers is gone. And so uh, oftentimes people are surprised when they have a really great idea but they can't deliver a platform or an audience to a publisher and they get turned down. And so increasingly these days there's the, the ability to self-publish as well. And I think there are pros and cons to doing that. You make more money per book when you self-publish. 
and I think it, it probably confers a little less credibility on your message when you self-publish. Those are the trade-offs. Right. It is a uh, new world out there. My first two books, I independently published, built a following, and then was able to get you know my third book published and a book deal for the fourth book kind of all wrapped up in one. So you can blend your strategy as well over time. Tom, yeah. if someone would like to buy your book, How Clients Buy, or learn more about your firm, how do they find you online? Where do you suggest they go, sir? Yeah, I mean, the best place to get the book is at your local bookstore or on Amazon. You can get it in Kindle there. Um, Barnes & Noble is uh, sort of widely available from online sellers. It's uh, in most airport bookstores as well. And the best way to get a hold of me is at www.profitableideas.com. That's our firm's website. And then the book itself has got its own website, howclientsbuy.net. And uh, all my contact information is there. I'd love to talk to people that have a similar interest to myself. Tom, I want to thank you for being a friend of our show and welcome you as a member of the Critical Mass business community. And thanks for taking the time to write your book and sharing with my audience today here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. You bet, Richard. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Also, I want to thank the engineer for today's show, none other than Paul Roberts, and our producers without whom we could not do this show, honestly. Joan Park. Crystal Nunley, who's on vacation, I guess, this week, and Haley Stern. I would like to also connect with you on LinkedIn. That's a great way for us to start our conversations. If we're not already first-level connections, I'm Richard Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. If you're interested in my latest book, Killing Cats Leads to Rats, Mitigating the Unintended Consequences of Business Decisions, it too is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and other fine booksellers and airport bookstores as well. And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.